You know, when it comes to wireless carriers, sometimes what you see isn't always what you get. Except with Visible. With Visible, what you see is exactly what you get. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. With Visible, there are no hidden fees, no fine print, no hassle, nothing to hide. It's just $25 a month, all taxes and fees included. And you don't need more than one line of wireless to save. You can save on a line all to yourself with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. And again, just $25 a month. The future of wireless is here and it is transparent. If you want more transparency in your wireless plan, you want to be on the Visible plan. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. That's Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. This episode of GameScoop is sponsored by Squarespace. If you're looking for a way to make your business stand out and succeed online, Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for you. They take the stress out of creating an awesome website, engaging with your audience, and selling anything from products to content to time so you're able to focus on, you know, everything else. In other words, you'll have more time for gaming. With the new guided design system, you can choose from curated layouts and styling options to build a unique online presence from the ground up, optimized for every device. And with Squarespace's integrated, optimized SEO tools, you'll show up more often to more people. Squarespace doesn't just make things easier for you. Checkout for your customers is made seamless with simple but powerful payment tools that allow you to accept credit cards, PayPal, and Apple Pay, and in eligible countries, offer the option to buy now and pay later with Afterpay and Clearpay. So whether you're just starting out or looking to expand your existing brand, be sure to visit squarespace.com for a free trial, and when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com gamescoop to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com gamescoop for 10% off. This episode of GameScoop is brought to you by 4hims.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to IGN GameScoop. I'm your host, Damon Hatfield. Joining me this week is Tina Amini. Hello, Scoop. Sam Claiborne. Hey, everybody. And Tom Marks. Hello. And we've got a great show for you this week. We're going to talk about Mega Man. Tina will give us a report from Momocon in Atlanta. But first... A new Fallout game was just announced, which is not something we get to say very often. No. Fallout About 70? once a year now. <laughs> no way. <laughs> you don't think so? Since Fallout 4? That was like 2015? I think you're thinking of Skyrim. <laughs> yeah. what, about that, uh, what about that little mobile game? Which little mobile game? Fallout uh, Shelter. Fallout Shelter. Fallout Shelter. the same year as uh, Fallout 4. <laughs> yeah. Does that count? So usually we get two a year. We get does, two, does a year. two a year and a five year Every gap. few years. Yeah. <laughs> Fallout 76. Smart Alec is the new <laughs> is the new Fallout game uh, announced ahead of E3, and uh, Bethesda just gave us a teaser trailer, with, with sort of like a mood piece with the title. But uh, we're we're learning some apparently some more details about the game. Uh, a report from Kotaku re- reveals that sources tell them this will reportedly be an online survival RPG along the lines of Daisy or Rust, not a, tr- a typical single player yeah. Fallout RPG. They said it'll still have like quests and a story, yep. but yeah, it's, it's still definitely have, different. Still have the base building from four, mm-hmm. but now in an online survival RPG setting. Uh, Tom, are you you're, you're familiar with Daisy and Rust? Yeah, I'm not super familiar with those games. Right? How how do, what's the, what's the elevator pitch for those games? Uh, so I mean, a billion games have come out also like it, like Ark and you know it, Conan Exiles. It was the flavor of the month a while ago, which is kind of funny that they're now. Touching on it, um, 
It, it, the quick elevator pitch is you're in a shared server with a bunch of people. You start with very little resources. Most of them start you on a beach with nothing. You punch trees. You get sticks. You turn those sticks into tools. You break down bigger trees. You build eventually bases. You get storage. You get better equipment and weapons. Um, how much of that they're borrowing, we don't know. I kind of doubt that they're going to make you punch trees, but like we, we don't know. How does death and survival and stuff work? Uh, so the survival part of it is that you uh, most of them you have to have food and water. Some mm-hmm. of them even bring in like uh, heat and that sort of thing. Like you can get too hot or you can get too cold if you go to like snowy areas. They stole that from Breath of the Wild, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's the original actually survival game. Um, but I think death for most of them is you drop your inventory, whatever you have on you, and then you respawn at your base. Um, And you can build chests to store things. Some of the games have permadeath characters so that you might also level up stats, and then if you die, your character's stats get wiped. Mm -hmm. Others have it so that you keep your stats, and that's the only thing you keep on you. Uh, A bunch of different games do it different ways. Well, a lot of the experience of those games is people trolling one another, right? And just killing each other and stealing each other's stuff, yeah. Pretty much. Leading them into traps. The gameplay I've ever seen in Rust is that nobody has a base. People are just naked and killing yeah, each other. Yeah, people are <laughs> well, the, the, A lot of the servers, will, what people will do is they'll get clans together, they'll play with their friends, they get these big bases, and then they go on raiding parties to attack other people. And, yeah. and it's it's uh, almost like old school PC gaming like has a little bit of a bastion in these games because you start to know the people on your servers, mm-hmm. right? You really get to like become familiar with these people. There are role-playing servers for a lot of them where you like pretend to be characters and with that's them. That's why it's so easy to troll. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's, a lot of betrayal. It, mm-hmm. So it's going to be really interesting to see how Bethesda takes what they're saying as story and quests and puts it into this formula that they say that the Kotaku report says is heavily inspired by games like Rust. Did you see there's a discussion around when it's set? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and what is that from? So there's a date on the Pip Boy mm-hmm. in the teaser trailer, okay. and that's October 27th, 2102. That's right. Which um, means that we won't have biomutants in the game. Yeah, it means we won't have war. super mutants. Yeah. Well, so, yeah, where does that put it in the Fallout? So 2077 is the f- is the war. 2077 is the war, yes. That's why I was hoping 76 was implying that it was like the year before the war. Se- so 76 is the... 300 2076 is the 300th anniversary of the United the, the, States. The tricentennial. The tricentennial. <laughs> uh and it's the day that Vault 76 opened. Uh, according and we know this because it's mentioned in uh the poster there's a poster in the teaser trailer but also the news announcer at the opening of Fallout 4, if you like sit and just listen to him and don't answer the door for the guy who comes to like do your character stats thing at the very beginning of Fallout 4, will eventually be like, Vault Tech plans to roll out more vaults after the successful opening of Vault 76. Like they, they've been dotting an Easter egg for 76 for a while now. Um, and we know that it was wait, open wait, on wait, 76. I, I, I'm confused. <laughs> Why did the vault open before the war started? So people get can people get in, in and then once it, once the bomb sirens go off, like the beginning of Fallout 4. Once the sirens go off, everyone runs in and it closes down. And then... But you can get in ahead of time, start making yourself at home. exactly. Really? Yeah. All right. And then, uh, according to the lore from a computer terminal in the Citadel in Fallout 3, uh, the vault was supposed to stay closed for 20 years and then automatically open. It was what's called a control vault, which means that no weird experiments were going on in it. It was in just 76. In, in 76, yeah. Uh, That's funny. So like an, a, in like an actual control and an experiment. Like a control, yeah. All of the other experiments are running, even though every vault is a social experiment, yeah. just because putting people in a vault right. is an experiment. 
Uh, and okay. so, yeah, the setting is 2102. And according to this Pip-Boy in the tr- teaser trailer, right. that's important because it's the year the villain from Fallout 1 was created. Like, he falls into Fallout this— Fallout 1. Yeah, Fallout 1. This guy named The Master— uh, falls into a vat of, I can't remember, it's called forced evolution virus or mm-hmm. something like that. Uh, and it turns him into this horrible mutant. And that's the year he's created. And then he goes on to do a bunch of stuff like Tina said, create the super mutants. Mm-hmm. So we're cool. in this really, really early period. The the most recent or the earliest Fallout game before this one mm-hmm. was Fallout 1 in 2161. And then it jumps to 2240 something. So we're set about... 200 years before, if the if the date on the Pip-Boy and the teaser is right, it's at 200 years before Fallout 3, Fallout New Vegas, Fallout 4. And only a scant few decades after the bombs dropped. Uh, yeah, 20, 25 years. Yeah, so that means that uh, there are no mutated things, probably, and stuff like that. It's just Yeah, it's just humans. all the jerk players that you're playing with, apparently, <laughs> if, if, it is, if the rumors are to be true. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a cool setting. It's an exciting setting just because it's one we haven't, really seen much of actually in game for the fallout universe and hasn't even been mentioned since fallout well and 1. then is there a geographic setting that it's that's indicated uh in yeah so that's another thing that came out of the terminal in fallout 3 is that there it's listed under the dc area vaults so we know that and the song in the teaser trailer is you know singing west, west virginia. virginia yeah um so which is from the 70s it's yeah. yeah that's a weird difference is that uh, uh take me home country roads uh is a Song from 1971, whereas like all Fallout stuff, even though it takes place in the future of a future event, mm-hmm. is all like 50s referential, and it's always right. about 40s and 50s music. Well, they had like to that. find a That's song right. with a reference to location. So what are you gonna do? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean that must <laughs> be change your theme. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so if it's this uh, survival online survival RPG along the same lines of Daisy and Rust, the uh, the con concept would be. Vault 76 is open, everyone is emerging, and starts killing each other? Mm-hmm. Like, that's why would they... <laughs> so one of the things that is also in the teaser trailer is they say, like, get, we have to rebuild and stuff yeah. like that. So one of the Maybe things from more this... more cooperative then. Yeah, one of the things from this rumor of if it's like Rust and DayZ, these games have... Not DayZ, but like Rust has an emphasis on building. So maybe you leave the vault and you have to rebuild society, which obviously doesn't work given the later Fallout games, <laughs> but... So the vault has uh, vault seventy six has um, five hundred people? people. Yeah. So is that going to be like five hundred people servers? Yeah. yeah. Maybe. Intense. Maybe that's what it means. <laughs> but I, I I do wonder how much Bethesda is going to decide to retcon from all of this because like they couldn't have known when they were making Fallout three and putting random info about random vaults that this was going to be the game they made for 76. So, like, when you see things like the population was 500 or, like, it's a control one, maybe later they'll just be like, no, it actually died. wasn't. Yeah, yeah. half yeah, of them are all dead. They didn't all make it. Right. Yeah. So we don't know. Tom with pneumonia got in there. Yep. That's a reference to an earlier Do you think joke. this game will be fun <laughs> for people that like Fallout or for people it will be fun for people that like DayZ? Who knows, man? I, I really do, like it's going to come down to what the balance is, right? If it is really a rust button, the Fallout universe, then I don't think it'll appeal to Fallout fans. Mm-hmm. But if there are more of an emphasis on question story, then that might imply, like, I, I genuinely don't know. It's going to, we're really going to have to wait till E3 to just like see what this looks like. Well, or everyone who played that Arma 3 mod and played DayZ and Rust and all that will go and play this one. Yeah, yeah. maybe. For us Fallout fans, then we have Let's Go Eevee to look forward to. Yes, <laughs> Let's Go Eevee. That's that the is the, the you know uh, I mean, follow up for I sure. I think Eevee's a mutation. 
So oh, almost certainly, Eevee definitely <laughs> mutates yeah. into other Pokemon. Is a, a stone a forced evolution virus? That's the real question mm. here. Mm-hmm. That is the real question. I don't know. Scientifically, yes. What I wonder about <laughs> what the combat in this game would be like is that what I like about uh, Fallout 4 or just Fallout combat is the VAT system. Mm-hmm. Uh, which kind of which makes it turn-based, essentially. Yeah. So I don't know how that yeah, would play Yeah, you can't out. really slow down somebody on a server. Taking the VAT or... system out of Fallout is... Uh, it's just a shooter. Limits shooter builder. My, limits my uh, Yeah. A my very interest. rusty shooter in more ways than one because uh, base building in this is going to be like a bunch of garbage. Yeah, it was in <laughs> Fallout 4. Yeah. Which always like disappoints me. It's like, I want to make like a really cool creation of my own, like Minecraft. You know, it gives you like the tools to make whatever yeah. you want. But Fallout's like, you can make whatever you want. It's gonna be rusty and gross. <laughs> well, it wouldn't so things maybe wouldn't have rusted. They still a bomb still fell. <laughs> right, but twenty five years later, maybe things are destroyed but not rusty. Okay. Like that's gonna be the interesting. <laughs> destroyed but not rusty. <laughs> the era <laughs> right. is gonna be really weird. Radiated, like, shiny. Exactly. <laughs> I'm just saying. No, I I I hear you. One is better than both, right? Like, how will this world look different if it is a hundred years before you know it, it's completely deteriorated from Fallout? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. And then I wonder if this is a free-to-play game. This is a game right. of service. Yeah. I mean, aren't... Does Bethesda have any precedent for paying for playing right now? So Bethesda said a while ago, I can't remember exactly when it was, that they are working on a freemium AAA game. AAA. Which Did I they use the word freemium? Word. They used the word freemium. Um, so, yeah, this seems like... If it is an online game, this seems like yeah, a good be. candidate for that, at least. Yeah. I don't know if it necessarily will be, but... I would not be surprised given their past comments. And these same sources uh, that uh, leaked these details to Kotaku also say the gameplay is, quote, rapidly changing. Right. I don't know what that means. If a game is on the cusp well, of. Well, the being... map is narrowing in and you have yeah, to. Yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I, a game is about to be fully unveiled at E3. If the gameplay is still rapidly changing at this point, what, is that how you mean it? Do you mean the gameplay yeah, rapidly I don't know changes if that means during gameplay or it's changing? In development, like right it starts now. out as a kart that, racer. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's how I took it. Was that, me too. That they're they're their making changes was right now, yeah. which is like, mm-hmm. which is a little bit odd, but also screams battle royale to me. Like they're scrambling to right. adapt somehow to the to the biggest trending. So the last time a Fallout game was announced, a, a mainline one, because Shelter was announced also at the same year. Uh, four was was teased before E3, mm-hmm. and then it was shown at E3 and, and then it out came that out November. that year. So yeah. we hope that that's the case this time. Yeah. Be cool. Yeah. It can launch into open beta. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but if it doesn't, you have Let's Go Eevee. <laughs> <laughs> That's really your fallback, isn't it? If this game doesn't Or Pokemon out. Quest. I'm going to play it. today. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Pokemon Quest as well. You're playing that already, right? Yeah. I played it a little bit. It's fine. What's your hot take? It's <laughs> <fun>. <laughs> That's my hot take. Yeah. Yeah, Is Eevee fine. in it? Um, not yet. Because you, like, you pick mm. a starter Pokemon and then no you deal. eat a bunch yeah, of other. No deal. Well, I mean, eventually. You have to cook the proper food to attract Eevee. Mm, okay. I assume. <laughs> Sounds that like is a how that game, game works. <laughs> I, don't think a, I don't think that's a gaming game. Uh, in any case, we will see more of Fallout 76 at Bethesda's press conference, which is Sunday of E3. I believe that's June 10th. You can watch that right here on IGM. So they'll have, uh, uh, they'll have Fallout 76, Rage 2, mm-hmm. and then what else? They'll have, they, they've also teased a new major AAA game from Bethesda Game Studios. Is that right? Unless this well, unless is you think that. this is it. it. So they've said in the past that they're working on like three AAA huge Bethesda Game Studio things or two or three. So the the rumor, the, the assumption was always that they were to announce at least one, probably two of those, I think, at mm. this E3. So 
I think it's safe to say that this is one of them. That Fallout 76 is one of those big things. Mm-hmm. And that there is probably a chance we will see another, but what that is, we have I have no idea. Cool. Nothing in the uh, Elder Scrolls sphere, the Skyrim they, sphere. They've they've been really vocal about not not having Elder Scrolls 6 come anytime soon. So if it was Elder Scrolls, it would have to be something like Fallout 76 where it's like a, a spin-off of some kind. Mm-hmm. Sunday, June 10th. Moving on, uh, I got to play Mega Man 11 last week. Yeah. Uh, big Mega Man fan myself. Uh, 11 was announced in December, right at the very end of Mega Man's 30th anniversary. And uh, they're going to be having it. They're going to be showing it off at E3, and the E3 demo was playable. Uh, so I got to run through the first two robot bosses that they are uh, showcasing: Blockman and Fuse Man. And I was like, I thought it was totally fun, even though it looks—it's a very different look for Mega Man. It's more of an anime style that kind of threw people off at first, but it feels like Mega Man, which is good news. And the bosses and, and monsters—they all look really cartoony and neat stuff. Yeah, they're like really well animated, have lots of personality. Yeah, lots of personality. That's a good way to describe it, and I think that's like really important for Mega Man. I think all the games capture that, but uh, you know, I've always really preferred the 8-bit ones, sure, uh, or, or the style of those pixelated ones. And 10, the pixelated ones yeah. for sure. Um, is that because you actually prefer it or because you remember well, so fondly? We've been talking about this a lot. I actually like them not just because of the aesthetic, but because of the speed of Mega Man. Mm-hmm. And I felt like once he got like bigger and more detailed stuff, he was just kind of clunky and slow. But according to Damon's preview, and uh, that, that, that's that been solved. Yeah. Like Mega Man's a speedy little uh, shooter now, which is really cool. Yeah. That's good. I was yeah, actually, important. Go ahead. I just saw a lot of reception of people saying that they didn't like the whole like 3D look of, of Mega Man and it just yeah. didn't seem to like fit in the whole like side-scrolling thing. And It worked for me. Yeah. Uh, and I've actually I've been uh, embedded in a lot of Mega Man lately because the first two the Legacy collections are on yeah. Switch, and I was playing a lot of both of them this weekend. And uh, I don't know, so I think all of those games are are really well done, especially the first uh, six on the NES. But they're all very similar in terms of both look and quality. I think, and we've had ten pixelated, eight bit style Mega Men. So a- after spending a lot of time with them, I feel like this new anime style on Eleven is kind of refreshing. It's like, yeah, I do like. I don't like the Super Nintendo one very much, but I like the PlayStation one a lot. That's like, and it's that's a little bit more advanced, like. but it's still pixel art. It's like fancy yeah. pixel art. But the PlayStation one is super slow, but the design of it is like really pretty. Like yeah. the robots are huge, and they have like you know a lot of personality, like you're saying, and like they're really well thought out. Like who would make this robot? It's really cute and it's deadly. Yeah, you know? and it's, I may- love that theme of Mega Man. Maybe you can speak to this having actually played it, but from the trailers, it really looked like it. Like recreated what the original Mega Man line of games kind of feels like and looks like uh, from a gameplay style standpoint, mm-hmm. right? Like even just Mega Man to Mega Man X, like has so many differences in the gameplay. Sure, yeah, like wall climbing. And yeah, stuff. yeah, and it, it seems like Mega Man Eleven is pretty true to that original kind of style. It's like yeah, three. It definitely feels like classic Mega Man. Although they have added two new powers that you have from the very beginning. Uh, this is cool. So, uh, one just they're like. Uh, timed powers. One, you can activate uh, more damage on your uh, what your your buster, mega buster, your mega buster, and then the other one is you can slow down time. You can only use it for a certain amount of time, and then it's a cooldown period. But you have that from the very beginning of the game, which adds you know a few different strategic possibilities, especially for tricky platforming sections. And do you use I it in the that. boss battles and the robot you can, masters? Yeah. yeah, you totally yeah. can. Yeah. It works yeah, well. Mm-hmm. well. I remember one of the bosses you fought had like kind of a high up. Um, weak point. Yeah. It's just kind of like tricky to kind of jump and like mm. hit it at the same time. So if you slow down time, you can kind of line up that shot a lot easier. Yeah. 
Or like some some enemies will like spin and have uh, very specific weak points. If you can slow them down a little bit, it makes it easier to hit. Yeah, that's great. Sort of I think that's a really smart idea. And uh, I always liked rewinding and manipulating time in any game. I like that in Braid. <laughs> I like when I play like retro collections and can rewind. I think it's so, super fun to do. I mean, yeah, it's funny you yeah, mentioned that. Yeah, you have to load a save. That is a, <laughs> yeah, that is a game changer in the uh, Legacy Collection. For, uh, for only one through six. For, oh, they didn't add it in Legacy 2? Yeah. Oh, wow, that's interesting. I know. Uh, yeah. Don't, don't you just feel like a dirty rotten cheater when you do? No, that? I've played those games already, and now <laughs> I just want to. I just Tom. want to. I just want to experience them again. I don't want to experience the frustration well, like, again. Right? saving, like actually saving and loading, that's not fun necessarily. <laughs> it takes a long time, and you obsess over it. Yeah. It's like putting another quarter following. in. Yeah, you know? exactly. It's a little mm-hmm. bit clunky, a hit. Like, but the rewind is like a little bit faster, and you can kind of. And it just it feels like playing more. You mm-hmm. know? It's just like this fun, like interactive thing where you kind of see how all the things you just screwed up yeah. go wrong, and you kind of avoid them. I think keeps that's momentum really cool. going, and you probably learn a little bit easier yeah, if you're so. just like doing it repetitively like that. Yeah, since it's just a button press, it feels more like a game mechanic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even though it wasn't in the original, obviously. I mean, I think Fallout's main game mechanic is saving. That's like Fallout's the thing I think about and and <laughs> obsess over most when I play Fallout. Like shooting, yeah, he shoots some. You explore, it's really great, but you you really have to focus on your saves. Quick save, quick load. Yeah. <laughs> Man, you, I mean, think about just exploring a building in that game. You probably save eighty times while you're doing. Yeah. It, you know? <laughs> it's crazy. Like you do. That's you got to replace one of the face doing. buttons with just like the quick save, quick load. That'd be cool. <laughs> A PC probably has that. Oh, yeah, man. Mm. F5, F8. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> there you go. Uh, I have been really embedded in uh, Mega Man recently, playing a lot of games and reading about Mega Man. I learned about Proto Man recently. Do you know much about Proto Man? Yeah, he has a ponytail. He's got a great scarf. Yeah, he's very fashionable. So, I know his little song. Uh, yeah, yes, he has a theme song. <laughs> How are you whistling without like actually whistling? That's I awesome. pre-recorded that. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Dan. Uh, no, no, no. Pro Man is obviously the prototype of Mega Man. That's so sad. Dr. Light made him first. Uh, but there's a, a, a flaw in his design where his like energy source, is, which is supposed to last forever, Mega Man will live forever. His, his energy will never run out unless he like falls on spikes. But Pro- <laughs> <laughs> Pro- yeah. Proto Man was like faulty, uh, and Dr. Light offered to repair that for him, but Proto Man refused because he was worried it would like alter his personality and his free will and his free thinking that he has. So he chose to just leave and go out on his own and wander the earth until his energy ran out. Mm-hmm. But Dr. Wiley found him uh, and said, as he was like dying on his deathbed, found him and said, I will, I will repair your energy source, give you eternal life if you defeat Mega Man. Mm. And so he like does this deal with the devil. It's totally, totally okay. like a snake in the Garden of Eden. But isn't Proto Man sometimes on your side? That's, that's the thing. It's like he doesn't really have any personal grudge against Mega Man. Mm-hmm. He just has this obligation to Dr. Wily. So that's why sometimes he tries to fight Mega Man, and sometimes he helps him out. Mm-hmm. Wily didn't give him like a time frame. He's just like, defeat Mega Man at some point. <laughs> yeah. Whenever. Now, well, did you explain the ponytail and all that? He just has a ponytail. Okay. It's right. a story. He, he just chose to grow his hair out. But <laughs> Dr. Wily did that before he made any Robot Masters. So it was when he was tinkering on Proto Man that he learned about Dr. Light's process for making the Robot Masters, and then he used that to build his own masters. Ah, That's some deep lore. Yeah. (laughs) None of that is communicated in any of the games. Yeah, I was going to say, where is that communicated? Is that like a comic book thing? It's like a game manual. There's a Mega Man Complete Works. Oh, cool. All this information. All right. All 
right. Over the uh, weekend, I was in Hawaii, and Tina was in Atlanta, Hot Atlanta, which is often yeah. considered the Hawaii of the mainland. Is, yeah. Are we sure yeah. about that? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure I've heard that. <laughs> well, there were some it, palm trees where I was. Was it muggy? Were there palm it trees? Was, it was very muggy. There were palm trees where I was because it's a downtown area, and I think they just like kind of designed it as yeah. they were. Hawaii confirmed. Uh, yeah, they, but you know what? Yeah, no volcanoes <laughs> though, so. That's, that's, a, that's a plus. Kind of part of it. <laughs> <laughs> Not yet. Uh, you were there for Momocon. Yes. What is Momocon? Um, it's a convention in Atlanta, in downtown Atlanta, and it's basically like focused on anime and gaming and comics and a little bit of everything, but more so the anime spectrum. You see a lot of really amazing cosplay, though, so mm. that was cool to see everyone's like lit up LED equipped cosplay around, you know, the the hour that I got outside of my hotel room yeah. where I was playing many games. Yeah, so you were there specifically <laughs> to look at a bunch of indie games, though, right? Yeah, so they do. You didn't even go somewhere to do that? They gave no, them to you? Yeah, well, oh, I had to like, I went into the convention center to meet some of the developers whose games we were playing, but oh, okay. it was all of like an hour, uh, which I prefer. It was better that way because convention centers are crazy and packed. And well, luckily, there, you won't have to go to a few conventions Yeah, there's for not a while. one in a week and a half that I have to go to. Um, but no, so we were there for a, uh, myself and some other judges were there to judge the indie um, show that they put on, the Indie Game Awards show. And we were locked up in a hotel room, like actually physically locked, and for two days. And I played. I don't know if that's legal. Yeah, <laughs> I played twenty three indie games altogether Oof. before we did like a big deliberation round, which was a lot of fun to argue mm. with people <laughs> on which games were. You played. actually did that, like like a jury. Yeah, that's um, so cool. Yeah, and uh, you guys would be surprised how argumentative I got on a lot of stuff. <laughs> so, but I got my way on a couple things, okay. so that was good. Um, we had five winners, and then one Georgia-based winner because they like to, you know, hmm. give some mm. shout out to their local developers. Yeah, sure. Uh, the Georgia-based winner was um, one of my favorites. It's called Twin Cup. And you play Twin Cup. Twin Cup. Okay. Yeah, I cool. think it's an early access. So most of these games were either released or in early access, so playable. Uh, so Twin Cop, yeah, was one of my favorites, and it's um, you're you play as a like Frankenstein cop, and yes. uh, yeah, and like yes. so you would play as like the left arm, and then your co-op <laughs> partner would play as the right arm, <laughs> and the beginning of the game you're like, this is never gonna work. I don't know how this is gonna happen. It's like Octodad joins the police force. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, and there's a lot of like goofy humor in it too, so it's it's very like similar to that. But yeah, mm -hmm. you're like really struggling to find out how to move in sync with your partner. Uh, so like, and you can move your arm separately because you're sh like pointing and shooting with it. So yeah. you can like move your arm to the back and like shoot behind you, and mm. it doesn't really matter which way you're facing. But so it kind of works. And then eventually you get the hang of it, and um, there's a wheel around your character, so you can see where your partner is angling. So at a point of time, my partner and I, um, who's Darren from Destructoid, uh, like we would follow each other's arrows because we wanted to be respectful and like, oh, you want to go left? Let me go left. And then we'll just switch. So it was very confusing and crazy. And at a point in time, you get in your Frankenstein car, oh, and yeah. so you're controlling like the left axis, and then the other person's controlling the right axis of the vehicle. So you're just kind of like driving in a circle at a point until you can get in sync. It's it's just really goofy is it, and hilarious. Is it actually like horror themed too? No, it's very up on the comedy, uh, and it's it's kind of a topical. I mean, are you like a, a reanimated corpse? Well, it's very like pixelated the art, uh, yeah. so you don't you can't really see much, and it's a top down view, so like, you really don't. I'm pretty sure it is, but everything is kind of like non detailed. <laughs> um, but it, it's great. I loved it. I had a lot of fun. We laughed a lot. Uh, at one point, you have to like disarm a bomb, and you have to take scissors to it. But of course, you're playing in unison, so one person has one side of the scissors, the other one has the other, and you're just like, oh, wait, come on, I can't do it. <laughs> 
It was super good. Delightfully stupid. Yeah, delightfully stupid uh, in all the best ways. Uh, I played a bunch of other. It's available now. Um, I think that one's early access. access. Yeah. So pretty much all of these you can all of these you can find on Steam. Uh, some are also on mobile. Probably I don't imagine released yet. Mm. Um, I also played the Norwood Suite, which I think has been out for since two thousand, sometimes two thousand seventeen. But the way I described it is kind of like uh, it's like a fever dream of a game. It's it's kind of like the exploration mystery of Gone Home um, meets some of the aesthetic of jazz punk. If you guys have played that. Yeah. Yeah. And has like really cool jazzy music too. So I just I fell in love with it. But it's it's super weird. I can't even describe half of it because you just there's a piano player and he's like famous in this hotel and you go to this hotel and you're learning about the piano player and you're talking to all this AI and it's really interesting dialogue, um, very stylish. And uh, you're just discovering about this piano player and like the weird history behind it and his disappearance and all these weird things. You're trying to get into a party and then you get into a party and like stuff goes down and it's weird. And Is it like a telltale game? Uh, is that type of you mean like a, no because you're not around. picking dialogue but it is very it's like point and click dialogue heavy mm-hmm. but it's a lot of like exploration kind of puzzle elements mm-hmm. so at one point you make a sandwich and there's a mystery too yeah well yeah because you're not sure who like who this piano player is when you make the sandwich does one player use one arm and one no I wish right <laughs> <laughs> although that'd be easy you just slice one thing and slice the other you say that yeah, you never know. I really enjoyed that you're you're telling us about this crazy game, and you're like the example you use is you make a sandwich. You know? Yeah, it's a lot of fun, doesn't it sound like? <laughs> <laughs> sounds well, like heavy rain. One, I mean, they're yeah. two totally different games. Uh, like, and I think that's what's really cool about indie games is like they can focus on one aspect, like either the story or the art style, and you can really appreciate it for that. Because the Norwood Suite, I actually finished because most of the games you just play for a length of time that you get really familiar with it. Uh, for the Norwood Suite, I managed to finish it, and I, I just also really wanted to because I had some time towards the end, so I went back to it and finished the rest of the mm. story. Mm. Um, it's really sweet, uh, short and sweet, rather, uh, but it's just so stylish and interesting, and you can like find these um, extra rooms that you manage to get your, like, these hidden rooms, uh, trapdoor rooms kind of thing that you can find your way into. And it's, you go through, like, a weird, kind of feels like um, like a Disneyland. What are those rides where you just sit in, the, like, a boat? Just the and, experiential like, ones? Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> like Storybook like Village? Yeah, it feels like that. Sorry, but with jazz music. small world. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's a small world. Uh, but, yeah, it was just, it was, it was so fun to just see all of these environments that, um, Cosmo D, the developer, sat down and, and like and made and and thought up because, uh, like I said, it's like a fever dream. So it's just mm-hmm. such a weird experience. And some of the music was like downright enjoyable. Like I would download it and and listen to it. That's cool. That's yeah. music themed. Yeah. Is that did that win like the grand prize or? Um, no, the, for the five winners, it, there was no like grand prize between them. Uh, we kind of presented them on on par as one another. And then the Georgia based one was just because you know local developer. Did that win your grand prize? Uh. I think Norwood Suite was like my number one, um, and then my number two was Twin Cop, and then there was another that I played that there was two that I played that uh, like no one agreed with me on, so, which is fine because opinions. But uh, one was uh, a game that's out. Uh, it's called Bio- Biomed Inc. I believe, mm-hmm. and it's a biomedical simulator. Yeah, Bio Inc. Redemption. That's what it's called. Uh, and you either save a patient or you kill them. So your doctor. It's kind of like operation in a video game, yeah. Uh, and so you see this, you see this um, patient, and you can name the patient whatever. So I named one patient uh, Donald Trump, mm-hmm. and like Donald Trump's head came up. Uh, so the, it does like cool little things like that. But you see the like patient. It, like it knew. 
Yeah. It kind of. I just typed in the name Donald Trump and it just registered the gotcha. face. Yeah. yeah. And like you could do Obama and a couple other characters. Not everyone works, but yeah. 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 So it just like animates it because otherwise it's just a kind of like the skeletal frame and then the muscular frame because you can pick through the different uh, features in, in the human body mm. and um, you gather cell points by it, it's kind of like a that part of the game is not the most fun and I think that's why people didn't like it the other judges didn't like it but there's a biomap part of the game where you, if you click on there you can see what symptoms your patient is experiencing and frequently in the beginning it's really vague like like chronic pain and stress, like stuff that anybody might have. So you're trying to figure mm -hmm. out, yeah, so you prescribe Tylenol or something, and then you're trying to figure out, okay, well, let me run an MRI and make sure like nothing's going on in this territory. Let me give them an X-ray or whatever it is. And then you have to like one by one through that, like it's kind of like a detective game. You have to figure out what kind of uh, disease they have and cure it before they die. And they always have one? Of course, yeah. So there's the AI is like feeding <laughs> symptoms, and you just have to figure out which one is which. And then you can play multiplayer, which is the most fun. So one person's trying to save the patient while the other one's trying to kill them. Oh, you can actively try to poison people? Or oh, yeah. You can play as like a terrible doctor, too. So you can give them diseases and hope that uh, on the AI side, the doctors um, in the emergency room aren't like figuring it out before really? you're able to. Yeah. Wow. Weird. Does that sound weird? <laughs> and then is it supposed to be realistic? Or um, it's not like Surgeon Simulator that's all like goofy. Yeah, no, no, so. yeah. I mean, it's the interesting thing is it's actually kind of informative because you have a list of those diseases in the biomap and it gives you a bit of a description of it. And so partially that's to help you gameplay wise so you can recognize like, oh, well, if I click on, I don't know, like, like a you know the UTI symptom then I can see like oh pain and, and fever are popping up so that means those are connected so you can either like you know cure help cure that or help cure the UTI whatever it is and they're, they're all just really connected and you learn a lot about them and you learn about the treatments and as far as I know not that I'm a doctor but they all seemed pretty accurate this sounds like then. the type of game where I'd, I'd play it and then I'd come away from it being like I have all of these diseases <laughs> I'm dying right it's now it's the WebMD of games when, yeah. <laughs> when you actively like try to hurt Patients, it's because you know they have diabetes or something. Yeah. And so you, like, give them what they shouldn't have for diabetes. Like, that's the idea? Yeah, well, you, there is a section where you can uh, do <clears> other <throat> factors, too. So there's, like, risk factors. So you can have someone uh, exercise more, and then and you can, like, feed points. Uh, no, I don't think so. I think that's, like, on the helping them as mm. a good doctor side. How do you hurt them? I still don't understand. You can, um, you can give them, like, hereditary issues. Like, before the game starts, you can invest certain points so that – or you can, like, already start off the game with them being obese – um, so it kind of like heightens other factors that, so that you're dealing with. So yeah, it's not it like Mega weird. Man where you just find the, the weapon. <laughs> yeah. Not like Mega Man. <laughs> yeah, you find the weakness. Yeah, you kill people you find the from the order. inside out. Okay. <laughs> that should be our new rating scale at IGN. Mega Man or not, not like Mega, Mega Man. Man. That's, all the, that's all the rating scale I need. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So that's Twin Cop Norwood. The Norwood Suite. The Norwood Suite and yeah. Bio Inc. Redemption. Yeah. And then there were a couple other ones that I really liked too, but we don't have time for that. <laughs> if, you want to throw out, if you want to throw out some names, some like names, recommendations. Um, so one was out. called Super Daryl uh, Deluxe, and that reminded me of um, I forget the name of this movie all the time. What's the the weird movie? And he he makes a joke about a llama, and he's combines dinner and lunch into dinner. This is legitimately how I remember. Oh, uh, a Napoleon Dynamite. Yes, thank you. Uh, wow, yes. I know. Was, <laughs> I'm wow. so glad you got that. Clues. <laughs> um, uh, oh, uh, a game called Mike Dies. Have you guys heard of that one? What's it called Mike Dies. It's Mike like a Dies. Metroidvania kind of game. Uh, and, and there's like teleportation features, but it's cool because um, it's. I really like the music and, and the characters and stuff. And the voice acting is kind of 
extreme, over the top, but in a way that I just found enjoyable. And then we gave awards to Door Kickers and Epic Tavern. Those are both good titles. Yeah, those are good door titles. Door yeah. is a good game, too. Yeah, so this is the like second game. It's Door Kickers something squad mm-hmm. uh, where you play. <laughs> uh, yeah, you play as uh, two people. Um, door Kickers act- action squad. Yeah. Yeah. So you, pl- you, play as, you can play as two people, rather. Yeah. You know, door kickers and dork kickers sound very similar. <laughs> yeah. It could also both kickers. be really fun. Don't kick dorks. So it's that's what Super Daryl Deluxe is, just a group of dorks. Okay. <laughs> and they get like certain powers. Did you say ep- epic tavern? Tavern, yeah. Also sounds like about like serving the, drinks? Actually, yeah. I mean, that's part of it. So it's kind of like um like a football manager thing because you have your squad yeah. and you can recruit squad members. I know you weren't expecting that, right? No. <laughs> no, no, continue that, please. Yeah, so you have, you, it has like three <laughs> fundamental aspects to the game. One is just you're in your pub and you run your pub and you have, or it's like tavern. a fantasy pub. Um, yeah, so it's just a bunch of like, Dude, orcs I am and so elves into this. And stuff. <laughs> yeah. And then you, you can recruit some people from your tavern, um, but mostly like when you're in your tavern, you're um, getting to know them. So you're like creating a familiarization and creating like a friendship bond with a lot of them. And if you create your friendship bond, I think it helps you in quests. They're still like formulating a lot of stuff because this one's uh, definitely early access. Wow. Mm. And uh, you can you serve them food and sometimes you can do like a chain combo. So one person really enjoys their food. Someone else wants to order food mm-hmm. and the chances, like there's percentage of chances. Everything sh- is on the They should roll. pair up and get the license for the uh, podcast Hello from the Magic Tavern, which is about um, a fantasy tavern. Yeah, do so. That'd be so good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, but then, yeah, you take them out onto me. quests and you go on battles and everything's on a roll. Is there mead? Uh, there is. I, yeah. Huzzah! Mead, yeah. And there's there's elven wine. And I think you can Ooh, serve rat Fancy. BBQ. Yeah. yeah, you can serve rat BBQ. Rat barbecue. Yeah, that yeah. was a uh, pretty. Those dungeon rats get tavern. pretty big, though. I bet they'd be fine to eat. So that's that's true. what you do. You go to what's um, rat meat called? Wild game scoop. <laughs> <laughs> Episode two. That's right. Wow, we found ourselves in another wild. We could make scoop. it up. I don't think anybody's <laughs> ever invented what rat meat's called. We could rat make it up right now. Yeah. I mean, the game just calls it rat BBQ. Rat BBQ. Yeah. So, but you go on a quest and you kill rats, and then because you killed those rats, then you mm-hmm. can order rat meat. So we could go with something like beef or veal. So it'd be like reef. Reef. Yeah. That sounds <laughs> like real. something from the sea, though. Yeah, that's yeah. too. That's too yeah. sea-like. Real? We're gonna need to workshop then you have, like, fake real, and it would be very weird. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're gonna need to workshop rat meat. Okay. <laughs> Don't have a good on the to-do yeah. list. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Number one. On the priority. next wild game scoop. But first, <laughs> attention, dudes. Unfortunately, most men will experience hair loss by age 35. By the time you notice, it's usually too late. A preemptive strike is required. And that is where 4hims.com comes in. 4hims.com is a one-stop shop for hair loss, skin care, and men's health that connects you with real doctors for medical-grade solutions for problems that can be embarrassing to handle in person. There's no waiting room, no doctor visits, but these are prescription solutions backed by actual science. You visit 4hims.com, answer a few questions, a real doctor will review and can prescribe accordingly, and products are shipped directly to your door. While supplies last, GameScoop listeners can get a trial month for just $5 when they go to 4 slash GameScoop. That's F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash GameScoop. And now, back to the show. All right, let's check in with the listeners. Hey, listeners. Thank you. 
Listeners, remember you can always reach us at the email address, gamescoop at IGN.com, just like Katie in Brooklyn, New York did. Ooh, New York. Katie says, I need your advice <laughs> on game storage, Omega Cops. I am from Brooklyn, New York, born and raised, and as many of you may know, apartments here are very tiny. I'm doing some late spring cleaning, and I'm trying to throw out as much material items as I can part with. Most things are easy for me to toss out, but I'm at a bit of a crossroads with my old PS3 and PS2 games. They take up a considerable amount of shelf space and have not been touched in years. I often hear you all lament over systems and games you wish you had never parted ways with, or returned to childhood homes to find they were gone. I fortunately have a gamer father who has never thrown out our Nintendo, Genesis, Sega CD, Dreamcast, or PS1. That's extremely cool. Having not yet felt this loss, I would love your advice as to how I should handle my own games. Should I gift them to the library? Should I save them in a storage facility? Should I try to sell them for 20 bucks? Thanks in advance. Katie in Brooklyn. Yeah. I'd say keep them. I mean, I, the storage is a big question. Yeah. If, if you're talking... PS2 and like CDs and that sort of thing. It's easy enough to get like uh, those kind of CD binders that are. Don't like... do that. No, 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 no. Why not? <laughs> no, no, no. I'm not even getting entertained. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Wait, is this the games it. or the consoles? Uh, well, I think she's Everything? asking about the game specifically, but okay. yeah, we can. I do it all. that. Yeah, well, I, I do, do that. that. Why not? So, well, I got this really <laughs> cute one on Amazon that makes it look like a fantasy book. Yes. And so it's like. Fantasy all... book. Yeah, yeah, it's just like um, it's like a leather bound thing with gold. Gold designs. That sounds on it. pretty nice. And it doesn't, Sam. Yeah, and it doesn't look like a CD binder. So is this which is, is this is this a converse, conservation issue or like a damaging them issue? What what's your yeah? You know, how excruciating it is that like nobody in the United States kept their game boxes for NES games or for Super Nintendo games. Oh, so, so okay, okay, okay. Everybody threw them away. Now it's so hard to find boxes and instruction <laughs> manuals and all the stuff that came with them. And I didn't expect you to get this fired up about this. Well, I'm yeah. a collector. Well, so I a lot of what I did is put the CDs into these binders, keep those binders where with the console itself in my living room, kind of in, in my entertainment system or setup, um, and then have all the boxes in cardboard boxes in storage somewhere, right? Like, because I didn't want to just yeah, throw I mean, them you out. You have it both ways in that sense, yeah. Right. They're more yeah. Accessible. Do you throw so, away? Out, do you throw away um, your boxes? So, also <laughs> having yes. been no, also having been born and raised in New York, my <laughs> suggestion to a yeah. fellow New Yorker yeah. is: um, Do your parents still live there? Because <laughs> that's <laughs> yeah, what she I does did. Have this gamer dad. Yeah. Drop off those boxes. Yeah, my parents just uh, shoved them because they were because I initially said just throw them out, and then my parents were like, "Wait, are you sure? Maybe they'll be worth something one day." Because my parents know nothing about video games. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but I figured, like, I don't know, I, I had this moment of hesitation. I was like, well, we have an attic. Just put it in the attic. It's not doing anything else. Yeah. Yeah. I have attic-like spaces in my house that I keep all of my old game stuff in that same way. But do you ever, like, go back to There's them? probably rats in there. Yeah. <laughs> Rat BBQ. Good source of meat. Yeah, exactly. You just gotta <laughs> but go what is that meat called? <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, do you ever go and actually, like, fish it's them out? It's so hard to do it. It's yeah. like I have this, like, it's like an attic-type space, so it's, like, you know, you have to basically crawl space like to the stuff. It's completely stupid. No, it's it's idiotic. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you. But, but I didn't separate the discs from the manuals <laughs> or the boxes, which is just so bad to do. You can do that for convenience. That's fine. I use my but manuals I, as tinder actually to start barbecue grills. Yeah, a tur- <laughs> roast that rat meat. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, we, I uh, don't actually play old games from like the last twenty years anyway, though. So that's what's confusing. Is like I am saving like my Wii games. You know, like I have a really great week. I'm never gonna ever. I don't even have my Wii hooked up. And I don't even have my Wii U hooked up anymore. <laughs> But I have a Super Nintendo and Nintendo and a few other things hooked up from past eras, and I keep those games in my living room, like, like displayed nicely. So, yeah. Maybe we'll get a Wii Classic one day. You won't even need them. That's the problem, right, is that, like, I don't know if there'll be a super easy way to play Xbox 360 games in the future, but 
backwards compatible. Or if I'd even want to, because maybe there'll be really nice HD versions of everything. So how do you feel about digital games as a collector? I, we, we talk about this sometimes on this show. Um, it's really cool to have like a Wii with like every single virtual console game on it. That's really neat. Mm-hmm. But the fact that they just evaporate into space afterwards is really sad. Are you, are you saying like what I download games versus collecting them? Versus, versus physical copies since you, you gotta like pick those your battles, boxes. Right? Like you got to <laughs> say like, hey, I'm going to really get every single Switch game in a hard copy and really think about that and really go for that. And you probably want to do that 10 years after the system's popular when it's really cheap. So it's it's hardly an issue when you're playing games and contemporarily thinking about collections. But So how complete is your NES library? So I have about 400 NES games uniquely and then a bunch of doubles of those, you know, the rare ones, stuff like that. And then there's about 300 I don't care about. And then there's about don't six care. I really want badly, <laughs> like Little Samson. Little Samson. <laughs> What's an example of a game you don't care about? On NES games. There's about 40 baseball games I don't care about. Okay. What? Um, but you own them? No. Oh, okay. I collect on irony, rarity, and quality. <laughs> irony? There's a lot That's, of really funny games. I like in that order? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of really funny games that I think will also be rare at some point. Those mm-hmm. cross over a lot. So you might not be interested in a bases loaded, mm-hmm. um, but whatever the, uh, what's the, Base Wars, you, you definitely have that one. I like, I like Base Wars, yeah. And Dusty Diamond's All-Star Softball is a very collectible, rare NES game really fun you play as monsters we can just keep talking about this <laughs> <laughs> if you don't stop if we're gonna talk I'm baseball games stop. we gotta get ryan out here <laughs> yeah. uh yeah katie as someone who also doesn't like having just a lot of clutter in their house but also feels bad that i did get rid of a bunch of my old games and systems i wish i'd hung on to them uh i would urge you to try to figure out some way to hold on to those games if it is dropping them off your parents ask your parents yeah it's delightful to store old magazines and games out of sight and then Pull, pull them out again. I do yeah, have every like, now yeah, and then. I do and find like, a box of Nintendo Powers like at my parents' house. I'm like, oh, they're so cool, you know. And like, I would also collect those now if I bought, you know. But I had they were the ones I had when I was a kid. And yeah, like I have direct memories to them. I guess, I guess you can keep them with while also resisting the temptation to keep them nearby, right? Yeah. If you can put them somewhere that you don't have to think about them and don't have to deal with don't them on a daily them. basis, exactly. Yeah. All right. This is Patrick in Winchester, Kentucky. He says, "I'm a longtime gamer. I have 12 year old triplets." who I have raised right, and they love playing the Switch and Xbox One, as well as many classic games from the NES and Super NES classic consoles. The problem is, I've maybe raised them too well, and I rarely get any time on my Xbox anymore because they do a great job rotating their time on it so each has time for Minecraft, Roblox, Fortnite, and Overwatch. Recently, when my wife heard that the Insane Trilogy was coming to Xbox, Crash Bandicoot, Mm -hmm. she got excited and mentioned that maybe we need a second Xbox for us to play in the living room while the kids are playing my console in the nerd lair. She used to love playing the Crash games with me, and it would be awesome to have that experience again. So my question is this. Should I invest in another Xbox at this point, with Sony announcing the end times for the PS4? Should I invest in an Xbox One X at this point, or should I save my money? I have thought about a PS4, but I have such a backlog of Xbox games I already own, it would just go unused. Also, with E3 approaching, do you see a price drop for that system on the horizon? Thank you all for any insight you can give. Uh, So bring up their bedtime a little bit earlier? Yeah. (laughs) You know, Pear has three kids, and he buys multiple consoles every time because mm-hmm. he knows he will not get to play the systems because yeah. his kids will occupy them. Yeah, I, I hear think... that from a lot of gamer dads. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's the only way to go. Yeah, I think each of Pear's kids has their own Switch. Yes, exactly. Uh, and now, in terms of, is it, you know, I don't think it's too late to buy an Xbox One X at this point. I think all the, There are years left in this console generation. All the, the stuff about 
Sony and the PlayStation reaching the end of its life or whatever that quote was, I think yeah. is very overblown. A little chicken little. Yeah, I think that probably my gut tells me we're not going to see even another announcement for a new generation of systems for a year, two years at the very earliest, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, may, maybe I'm wrong about that, but I don't think it's... I, I just bought a PS4 Pro. I'm, I did not have an Xbox One or a PS4, and I just bought my first PS4 uh, two months ago for God of War. Um, and I'm not really nervous about it suddenly getting obsoleted or anything no, like yeah. that. I think if you want to be playing a thing and you are have the means to do it and it's what you want, then... You should just go for it and not worry about future proofing. That's a thing that people do in PC gaming all the time, right? Of like, oh, I need to spend the extra four hundred dollars on this better graphics card so that my computer is future proofed. And it's like, no, just <laughs> future proof. Just buy the thing you can afford and play the games you want and worry about that stuff later. Yeah, uh, but if you don't have a four K TV, you could even you know save some cash by getting an Xbox One S. Let the kids play that with that one, and then you could reclaim your Xbox. Ooh. Mm-hmm. That's like flying first class when you have your kids in the yeah. economy. <laughs> oh, I'll totally do that. That'll be fine. Or here's a, here's a trick I used to pull on my parents. I got my PS3 uh, in high school because I told my parents that they wanted a Blu-ray player. You told them they wanted one. Yeah, well, they, they did want a Blu-ray player. And I said, well, I want this PlayStation 3. Ah. So what if I pay for half of it and you pay for the other half? So what if you tell your kids... Here's what we'll do. You pay for half of this Xbox One S, and then I'll pay for the other half. You guys get the One S, and then you get a half-price Xbox. Did you? I hope you got your PS3 at launch so your parents paid $300. For oh, I did. Their, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Where are these 12-year-olds going to get the money? That That's yeah. a good point. Uh, yeah. I figure there were Newspaper. chores or something. Are you every... implying that they dress up in some sort of man suit and a trench coat and then <laughs> get a job? Very tall man. I wasn't, but now I am. <laughs> They're just going to go on Patreon. This yeah. is 2018. <laughs> yeah, good call. Yeah, maybe it's just big YouTube bucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Uh, and finally, this is Josh in San Diego. He says, back in the fall of 2017, I was playing my 2DS at work before my shift started. One of the higher-up managers saw me and said, I can't believe you have a Game Boy, with the tone saying, I'm the biggest nerd in the world. Thanks. Last week, while on my lunch, a guy was telling me he was interested in buying a Switch. So, for the first time ever... For the first time ever, I pulled off the Joy-Cons, put the system into tabletop mode, and like a Nintendo commercial, I asked him if he wanted to try playing Mario Kart with me. A group of young grandma-aged women pointed and young grandmas yeah. pointed and laughed at us, <laughs> not trying to hide it at all. They got laughed at by young grandmas. Have you guys ever been judged for playing your handheld systems in public? Maybe they're laughing because he was bad at Mario Kart. Yeah, maybe that's <laughs> his friend, not not the writer. Wait, who the grandmas? Yeah. Or maybe they didn't know it was a Switch and they thought it was a TV and they're like, ah, look at that guy with that tiny yeah. TV. Maybe they weren't shaming as my, my you know, maybe they were just saying like, that looks so fun. <laughs> yeah, you really never know. Uh, I don't, I've never, if I've ever been uh, shamed or judged, it was not to my knowledge. They were doing it uh, stealthily. <laughs> so I, <laughs> but I do, I do play my Switch like everywhere I go out in public. I don't never try to hide that. I just get a lot of disbelief. Yeah. Like, really? You play games? Like, yeah, <laughs> turns out. Like for specific modern when you're playing games um, or when you're, you're well, actually, yeah. the last reaction I got to playing my Switch in public uh, was because you don't get. I feel like I don't get a lot of reaction. Um, people just like mind their own business. Yeah. Um, but the last reaction I got to playing my Switch was it was around GDC the year that it came out, uh, and I think it was was that before I can't remember exactly, but was GDC like before it officially came out or was it after? Do you guys remember? 
GDC it was so GDC been, was right after it because GDC like was mid March and so March like first or second. Or third yeah, so it was like, out, but not many people had it. Maybe, mm-hmm. and I was flying back from San Francisco to New York, where I lived at the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, the people on the plane next to me were also coming back from GDC and they were super excited mm. that it was there. And they're like, oh, what are you playing? Yeah. Just like showed them a bunch of features and I took the Joy-Cons in and out. So that was like a, but that's a rare, you know, you're in the gaming community realm kind of. Yeah. No, I, I think I've actually had more experiences like that. Than yeah. I've never had someone just openly <laughs> laugh at me before. Yeah. Um, Who does and that? Honestly, I, young grandmas, apparently. Yeah, those <laughs> notorious young grandmas, man. They go after people. They're a menace. Uh, I, I've had more experiences because I, I take the train to and from work every day. I'm on the train for an hour and a half every single workday. And um, you, you bring your rig, right? Yeah, well, I bring the computer, the keyboard. It's a little clunky, but uh, wheels. people scoot over. They get it. Uh, Everyone people so understand it. Now. Remember the Wii U on the train thing where you'd plug in the whole console <laughs> and then you'd chain the Wii U to the screen and switch to that screen you could play? Oh, as you mean, mm-hmm. it was like a conceptual there was, like, pictures thing. right when it came out yeah. of like a, a, on a Japanese commuter train. like Right. I plugged into the wall. Yeah, man, the the Wii U, I used to love that thing, and now I look back and I'm like, wow, okay. Anyway, um, I get a lot more people who see it and then notice that I'm, like, wearing a BlizzCon bag or, like, a Bethesda shirt or something like that and then strike, strike up a conversation. I had a conversation with somebody about Overwatch literally yesterday on the train, uh, and I, I like those moments. I, I occasionally I'll get people giving me like side eye looking at me while I'm playing stuff, but it's not really like I never take this judgmental. Curiosity. Like. I mean, I, I I also wear a bow tie, so like I figure people it staring be anything at me with like it's a lot of different stuff, right? <laughs> like, um, and so I feel yeah. The same way. My opinion is if they're doing that, then there's n- they're not a person you want to deal with anyway. If they're gonna just like laugh at you openly, oh, bullying. Like, whatever. I mean, I, I can't think of a time like you know when I had a Game Boy when I was a kid or something where somebody they, the Game Boy was always really cool, like even the Game yeah. Boy Advance. Like my little sister got a Game Boy Advance, and you know I couldn't believe it because she was like a really cool little kid and like you know she liked all these different things and then all her friends got into Game Boy suddenly and I was like oh I, I guess this is just cool again. I, I think that was always like I can't think of a time in which like the handheld system that was Vogue at the time was like unpopular in mm. some way, you know. Yeah. yeah. I remember even when the DS came out and I would like f- be playing it on a plane, there, people would be like curious about because they would see the stylus and mm-hmm. maybe I'd be playing Sudoku and, and yeah. uh, Brain and Age. Brain and like, oh, what is that? With, yeah, with what is that? Mean grandmothers. But also mean. just from a like technology perspective, like people love gadgets. So I think yeah. that they're mm-hmm. curious about it um, from there. But like the train <clears> comment uh, that you had, Tom, like when I was taking the subway in New York all the time, I got a lot of like leering over your shoulder to mm-hmm. see what you're playing or. Um, if you're if you're watching it, because I had I saw a lot of people on their phones or on their iPads watching things, and people get bored on the train, so they like to like look over yeah. your shoulder. One time, a lot of that. One time, I had to stand on the train, and the guy sitting only next one to me, time. I, I, <laughs> what is your commute? I go early, okay. And Caltrain is way different than Bart. Bart is the worst. That's a whole nother conversation. I'm sorry, uh, but I had to stand next to a guy who was playing Celeste, and this was after I had done the review for Celeste, mm-hmm. and I was just kind of watching him do the B side of Chapter Seven, and like. Every time he got through a level that he was like dying on, I'm like, yeah, like I was just like quietly rooting for him the entire time. Mm. It was nice. It was a good moment. Yeah, I on the flip side, I always love watching people play games on the subway, oh, and I'm gosh, so yeah. curious what they're playing. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then I want to go and be like, so what websites do you read? Yeah. <laughs> IGN.com. Yeah, that, and then I, I, it's when you do see somebody surprising 
like it's just like you know somebody older some people like playing like a game that you recognize you're like oh that's really cool I always think that's cool I saw um, uh, one of my favorite moments on the subway I was just like eavesdropping on this conversation because this young woman and this young man were bonding over the game she was playing and I totally don't remember what it was but it was on a 3DS and he was like oh have you like played this game and then they started talking about anime like have you seen that anime and and at, by the end, he like asked her out, and she politely. What? Yeah. Well, it was it was very polite. It was Escalated like, oh, quickly. you know, do you do you um you know mind like giving me your number so we can continue this conversation kind of thing. It was it was an appropriate way. He was very sweet, Oof. and she was very sweet. But then she was like, she politely declined and said she had a boyfriend, and okay, you know, who knows if that was one of those tactics, but yeah. But it was cute to see this. Like, wow, conversation I can't believe you saw that whole thing. Like, oh uh, yeah, I live tweeted it. TV. <laughs> yeah, it's an emotional roller coaster. Um, I'm the last time I felt shame for playing a game in public was absolutely Pokemon Go. And I remember like <laughs> yeah. being... But everyone was playing Pokemon Go. But, but it was cool for like was, a week. <laughs> and that's it. Well, that's rude. <laughs> it but, was uh, cool for a week. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but Let's Go Not Eevee. Not for me, from One the people. The people have I see. Yeah, yeah, the <laughs> Once public. Let's Go Eevee comes out, it'll be hot for a week more. And I kept... <laughs> Okay, I'll talk about that in a second. But uh, <laughs> when it, I saw it was when you would walk up to a place to get Pokemon, and there was a bunch of other people doing it. Yeah. That right. was with an embarrassment set in. I didn't feel like a sense of camaraderie because everybody was like this. Yeah, yeah. And then and you'd people walk knew past people doing the motion. Yep. You know, and you and if you're not doing it at the same time, you're like dorks. <laughs> <laughs> I think the problem with Pokemon Go was also, um, so the reason why it was like cool for a week, because everyone was really excited, everyone was going out, and like, oh man, you're here too, for the same thing. And I actually remember conversations, like quick conversations happening in New York, uh, where people were like, oh yeah, would you catch? Like that kind of, yeah. you know, cute little bonding moments. Yeah. Um, but right after, when stories started to come out about people like walking off of cliffs, mm -hmm. and um, did you guys hear about that one story where a guy's house was accidentally designated as a raid area, and so people would show up in the middle of the night in front of his house and he had yeah, no yeah. idea why oh uh, and they would just be standing in front of his house everyone looking at their phones like that must be terrifying but yeah it became less cool after that because there was all these associations I think didn't Andrew walk off a pier yeah he hurt himself pretty bad oh oh man <laughs> hurt his leg yeah that's a that's the sadder side of the story that I had not heard yet <laughs> yeah the you were like totally prepared to laugh at him I, well, then. <laughs> I had in the past he knows I have what I've seen that was kind of bumming me out about let's go Eevee and let's go Pikachu is that uh, some people in my time timeline more than one were saying I can't wait for this to come out I'm so excited to go back they didn't realize catching Pokemon game. again you know and like talking about it as if it was like a sequel to Pokemon Go which right. it kind of is but it's like you're going to be in front of your television or it's not going to be that much different you don't need to go anywhere you know yeah, I don't think people really understand that, which is too bad. Um, yeah, man, Pokemon Go, like what? It, that is the exact phenomenon which you saw people and you knew what they were doing playing a video game that you understood. Like that's probably the only time that's ever really happened since like Game Boy Tetris. You know, Magic the Gathering. All those people are playing Tetris. <laughs> you could tell. Funny. All right, and that brings us to video game twenty questions. Our suggestion this week comes from Guy. That's all the information we have. Well, I got to bail, guys. All right. Third I'm leaving fighter. it to you, too. Oh, man. <laughs> have you have to send somebody in. Oh, yeah. Should I grab someone? Yeah, pick okay. someone. Okay, at random. Yeah, All right. pick someone cool. in. I'll we'll take that. a quick break. We'll be right back with a mystery guest. <laughs> Here comes a new challenger. Brian Altano joins us for Video Game 20 Questions. And Brian, <laughs> our suggestion comes from Guy. Hi, Guy. Yep. Thanks for having me. We don't know where he is. We don't know. If well, you have Hagar. Yeah. You have Cody. Cody. And uh, you have Guy. Yeah. This one's from Guy. Okay. So let the questioning begin. 
Can you see your feet in this game? Yes. Wow. Thanks, guys. See you soon. Yeah. <laughs> I think we got this. Um, that's such a good one. Yeah. You said that yesterday, and I was like, man, that's such a great question. Yeah. You guys played 20 questions yesterday? <laughs> no, just... it was just about something else. <laughs> you do you always ask that? Yeah. We started our own pirate network of 20 questions at wow. the <laughs> uh, Taking down Game Scoop. <laughs> one question at a time. <laughs> one you just ask one episode, question actually. per episode. Yeah. <laughs> Was was this game available on a, uh, a disc based medium, mm. like laser red disc? Wow, I don't think so. If there were, it was some sort of special edition. Okay, this this was a classic, right? Because I'm still relatively new to this. But does your character wear a hat or helmet? Um, I don't think so. It's not a classic. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> I don't know the rules. <laughs> so, wait, so wait, do we know this was a cartridge game or a digital only game? That's basically don't don't. That's not a question because you said the disc thing, right? Yeah, right, right, right. So that means it had to it, digital it, or cartridge. It either existed in 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 physical media mm. or uh, yes, yeah, so you could just ask. That. Right. Okay, well, I'm not going to. Okay, I got enough information <laughs> right back there. You read right between the lines. It's a secret question. Yeah. <laughs> Was this game available on cartridge? No. So well, what? Okay, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> in, in this game's initial release, it was not. But like I said, if it got a physical release, it would have been a special edition. In which case, it could have been on a cartridge. Okay, so I'm I feel like so confused. But the most important thing Wait, is that okay, in this game's original initial release, it was not on a cartridge or a disc. Okay, so okay. I think this is like one of those like. Well, what do you mean a special edition could have been a cartridge? Okay, so this is like one of those Explosion Man type things that then maybe like put on a limited run later on. Right. Maybe it's just Mega Man Nine. Well, n- mm, that one's so well that there was there was a cartridge for that, but it didn't have the game on. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's so specific. Unless I, I'm just saying, like, is he implying that it could run on an old system? Well, di- digital uh, also could mean like, like arcade, right? If it's not cartridge or CD based, it could still be like an arcade machine or. Like, well, well, no, because yeah. both aren't most arcades. It's like a big arcade board. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what his answer would have been, but I think this oh, is just a digital. It's game. probably just a digital okay, game. Okay, yeah. okay, yeah. we're overthinking it. Okay, <laughs> is this part of a series? No, that's oh, five. Oh, that's harder. Mm. Uh, we should we should nail down the era and console mm. and stuff like that. It sounds like it's after hats and feet are no great, what. but yeah, <laughs> hats and feet are great. <laughs> was this game made? In, I think we just learned a lot about. Was it Brian's fetishes? Oh. Hat and feet, man. Hell yeah! I got a porn size. Go straight to the hat section. <laughs> Big fan of hats. So yeah, what was it released in the last what 10, 10 years? What's a good number? <laughs> This is I'm your game. You. Okay, no, if we're going to lose this probably, and I'm going to blame it on you. Uh, that's fair. <laughs> Ask whatever that's you want. 100% fair. Uh, was it released in the last 10 years, initial? Yeah, yes. Okay. Oh, man. Okay. That's so not... maybe it's like, no, Hotline Miami has a sequel. I'm, just think, I'm thinking it might be like a Shovel Knight type game where it's like it has 8-bit qualities. Right. Shovel Knight. Is this a pixel art game? No. Mm, oh, okay, right. never mind. Also, Shovel Knight's like part of a series, technically. Yeah, I, I'd say that. I have a really dumb question. I'm not going to ask it just because Sam's got me nervous now. I'm not question shaming you. I'm just asking you to pump the brakes <laughs> um, a little bit and think non-classically. <laughs> should we okay. Fi- should we find out? If, you, How, you, what is you this go. cartridge special edition? What? Of what? See, Damon screwed up. I Something I got screwed up here. <laughs> I didn't screw up. No, it. he's yeah. going to regret it. I Okay. Mm. Well... Mm. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, how could it come out on a cartridge as a special edition? Well, because like it, it, there's that whole company, limited run games that. Puts. I know, but it, wouldn't it have to play as a 
on a system that has pixelated graphics? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, just cartridge. Wait, wait, did you ask the era question? It's after 2000? It, it's, it's, it's from the last 10 years. 10 years. Last 10 years, yeah. Which um, goes back to 2008-ish. Yeah. So I think the cartridge thing could be implying Switch is what's going on. It could be get a Switch port. Oh, like right. carts and cards? Yeah. yeah. Oh, Drats. Now, <laughs> now I got it. Okay. okay. All right. All right. So something that could could get a reissue on a switch. Now okay. we can focus on. Doesn't cart really literally stand for cartridge? Isn't that just a short version mm-hmm. of it? Mm-hmm. I think we're really we're really in the weeds on this. One. <laughs> yeah. Hey, okay. was this a okay. console exclusive? No. Oh, okay. Was it developed in Japan? No. How many questions is that? Nine. 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 Eight. Nine. Nine. Western game. No series. Last ten years. Released, likely released digitally. Digitally. See the feet. See the hat. See the feet. See the hat, but probably no, no, not I wearing said, a hat. Yeah, probably not wearing a hat. Probably I don't, not. I, wearing, don't, I don't think you wear a hat. Oh, you don't think. What if you do? Well, then I'm wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it happens. <laughs> At least he's honest. Okay. Um, was uh, is this a side-scrolling game? No. That's ten. Okay. Does this have realistic graphics? Mm. It's on the spectrum. It's closer to realistic than like pixelated, but not fully realistic. Is it multiplayer? No. Wow. Okay. Because I was going towards Fortnite for a second there. Mm-hmm. So okay. just a, a big single player multi-platform game, but somehow digitally distributed. Mm-hmm. Is it a? Do you, do you only control one character? Yes. Okay. Good question. Oh, we're running out of So questions. it's not like RPG or party-based or any of that stuff? I guess not. I mean, right, I mean, it could be an RPG, just not party-based. Yeah. Um, uh, did it, it get side-scrolling? Should we saying? ask about... Uh, is that, know, it's so hard to narrow it down now. Yeah. Um, we could ask about like whether it was critically received, and I still don't know what generation of systems it's for, Yeah, as if that would matter. Mm-mm. We only know the last 10 years. Oh, man. Hmm. Who's producing this episode? Dan. Dan, what do you got? <laughs> okay. This is like Good. really there's not much get to go on right now, is there? Um, did did people like it? Yeah, was it well received? Yes. Oh. Cool. And they never made another one? Yeah, it's weird. It's huh? Weird. That never happens. They always make like ten of something that people like once. <laughs> Sometimes there's like spin-offs subsequently, like with the journey developers just make yeah. games, you know. Mm. Um I don't know if hmm. Oh. Journey's a good one, but it's not Well, it could know, also be something like um multiplayer realistic. Though. It's close. Yeah, that yeah, I guess that would be the opposite of if this is ne- approaching realism. Um, but, it, but is something like like Firewatch approaching realism? Mm-hmm. Gone home, approaching like that's that's yeah, probably I guess those more are on, shady though. Right? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, but they're closer to realistic than they are pixel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, if, yeah. Also, uh, do something like we could get genre down if we needed to, but it's just we have so few questions. You know, mm-hmm. we would have to really nail it. And like other otherwise, I'd ask about walking simulator. Although nothing really indicates that. I mean, we all we know is you can see your feet, and you probably don't have a hat. You could try. <laughs> probably is you don't see your head, so Take that would shot. imply it's first person. We it, don't know. Is this a, a what would you say like on a walking uh, like an adventure game, like that? A walking. Well, does, is walking simulator does walking simulator contain adventure game? Yeah. This is a whole philosophical debate mm-hmm. that I is outside so. of the twenty questions. I think so. Okay. 
Then so, uh, so yeah, is yeah. this a an adventure game? Oh, <laughs> or no, is this a walking simulator? Yes. Oh, <laughs> okay. That's very, okay. very nice. Okay. Fifteen. Okay. okay, so we have five questions now, and there's only been fifty thousand walking simulators. So. <laughs> there hasn't been that many. It's, so it's gone okay, home so with there's um, well received. You can do yeah, you could do Firewatch. You could do Gone Home. You could um, do what was the other the one? Beginner's Guide. You could do Stanley Parable. And it can't yeah. be oxen free because the graphics. Um. Right. Yeah, and yeah, also that's a, that's a side scrolling. Yeah, what yeah, about yeah. the Edith Finch game? It could be Edith Finch. There's also um I don't know which ones of those you see your feet in cuz I know Stanley Parable I don't think you see your feet. What about know. hats? Right? <laughs> I don't even remember if you see the feet in Gone Home. Oh, man. Yeah, why not? Uh What's the other one? Um, How about this we could ask if you play uh, as a female protagonist. That's a good one. Do it. You play as a lady? No. Okay, so that narrows down two of them. Firewatch. I can Firewatch. Could be. Um, what's the other one? Is it What Remains of... No, not... No, what's the other one from, like, two years ago where you're, like, in that field... You're in that town where everyone's Exactly. Gone? Yeah. It's where people are... Uh, have been... Uh, uh, like, disappeared. disappeared. Oh, uh, The Vanishing of Ethan Carter? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's it. Is that it? Yeah, that's it. What Remains what? of Edith Finch, Vanishing of Ethan Carter. Yeah. They're very long names and very mm-hmm. artsy good games. Yeah, I think it's Firewatch though. That's a I, I man, that was my original gut thing, but we can you ask. You have more those of that. big Wreck It Ralph hands in. Mm-hmm. It. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Confusing. So how do we narrow down you know, between that and then maybe even knock out some others mm-hmm. at the same time? Well, I was gonna are, say are like are they all about murder? Uh a lot of them are about people disappearing, whether that's through murder or through uh magic. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. Spells and such. Um, <clears throat> I guess we could ask if it was developed like in San Francisco or something like that. Mm, that's. You might as well ask if you watch Fire in it. All right. Ask that. <laughs> Do you watch Fire in it? Uh, I have not actually played this game. Okay. I'm aware of should it. I, should I reward the question? <laughs> I can't yeah. answer that one. Uh, is this about working in a national forest? Yes. Okay. <laughs> the so, Stanley Parable. Okay, we got it. <laughs> is it Firewatch? It is Firewatch. Yes! Nicely yes! done. Wow. And the walking simulator twist. That was really oh, crazy man. how it came together with all three of us. Good work, everyone. Yeah. Brian pushed for it, and we got it. Oh, my God. Man. Yeah. I feel really good about that victory. That was good. There's yeah. no way we should have gotten that. So 20, released hats. in 2016, and, but it's on Switch, and I didn't know if there was like a physical. Yeah, there might be. It was originally it was a downloadable game on mm. PS4, Xbox, and PC. If there was a retail version for Switch, it would be on cart. That's why. Is that I, I did, we, no, didn't put, we didn't put it together until you. We said, had a couple yeah, questions left, right? Yeah, yeah, you can. What do you so want? So Sam, use? if we if we had lost, <laughs> you would have. Yeah. <laughs> this is what I want to ask. If we had lost, you would have blamed me. But since we won, I don't get I the credit. I would have never blamed you. <laughs> even even That's though not I how said Firewatch. All right, no, no, no. I'm just trying to get the you rules. You always here. blame Damon. Always. Okay. I'm trying to. I'm on your guy's side. It's Guy. Guy is the one who oh, we're again. Okay. You always Way to go, blame guy. the listeners. What a guy. That was awesome. Hey, listeners. Yeah, that was a good one. Hey, listeners. Yeah, that was good. Kind of a cartoony art style. Yeah. But yeah not a fully realistic, but yeah. No, that's, that, was, that was good. Would you consider playing it if it was on Switch? It is on Switch. Well, what? So clearly no. All right. There's the just too to many other things out. to play. I've been playing Curse of the Moon. Mm-hmm. So good. Brian, what have you been playing? Uh, I've been playing that. 
Yeah, the Bloodstained game. That's I think it's really great. Fun. Yeah, it's it's really good. And so does IGN. We gave it an eight point two. Yeah, yeah, that's a higher score than Yoku's Island Express. It is. I feel like a real idiot because it's I went on NVC last week and I was like, I really like this game because it doesn't have knockback damage. And everyone else was like, You're playing on casual mode. I was like, oh, they got me. How it is? Busted. Seriously? So there is knockback. There is if you play, play on like the yeah. hardcore mode or regular mode. Yeah, there's just casual mode and yeah. veteran mode. But when you play on baby or whatever, the Medusa heads just fly in you and you're like, Oh, <laughs> that's really good to know. That, that, that's a clever way to inhale the pain. <laughs> oh man! I feel like that's like developers putting in in like pirate mechanisms, yep. right? Where yep. if you pirated the game, you're like, Brian, you come on the show, you're like, yeah, I really enjoyed this game, but why is that weird thing like following me around <laughs> the entire time? Oh, he stole, stole that game, right? Exactly. Yeah, I loved uh, I loved Solo, but there was a guy that kept walking in front of the screen in my. <laughs> 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 the bold choice from Lucasfilm. Who was that? Was that like Maz Kanata? It's, yeah. Uh, it's probably Boba, Boba Fett. <laughs> Uh, all right, that is all the scoops we have for you this week. Remember, you can always reach us at the email address, gamescoop at IGN.com. We just have one more regularly scheduled Gamescoop next week before E3 is upon us. Please be excited. All right. Thank you, Tina. Thank you, Brian. Thank you, Sam. Thank you, Tom. Thank you, Dan. My name is Damon. This is IGN Gamescoop. And we're out.
Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.